this is John Walton. listening. We a refuse for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech, that's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team, no heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hard true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. All right, guys. So I want to jump into the other things that we got going on here uh, as far as the geek sheets go, because there were some other things that uh, I definitely want to dis- discuss. Um, we've got the diamond distribution. I-, I really don't think that this is going to be a long conversation. And the reason why... It's interesting to know, but like I think all of us are all pretty progressive that none of us really give a shit how you get your comics as long as you get them. And I want to let the expert when it comes to this, the guy who actually works in a fucking comic book store, I want to give Rambo this chance to really kind of explain what this even is. Like, so to tell us about Diamond. Tell like what's the deal with this? Why should we care, or should we not even care because this is not going to affect any of us? Um, I I definitely think you should care. Uh, in so much as Diamond Comics has had uh, a full-on monopoly on the comic industry, um, absolutely in the, in the United States, uh, I can't speak to overseas, but definitely in the U.S., for the last 30-plus years. Um, so j- just from a, uh, just from a, you're a grown-up, you should know where your money goes and how it functions. Yeah. Um, it's, it's worth knowing. Um, but yeah, so diamond comics, uh, was started by a guy named Steve Jeppy, uh, who used to own a couple shops in crystal city. He, uh, owns Jeppy museum up at Cannon yards. Um, he has been the sole comic distributor in the U S for uh, the better part of three decades. Um, specifically DC comics, uh, excuse me. No. Yeah. Yeah. Better part of three days. Okay. It's been more like 25 years. Uh, DC comics has been, um, signed exclusively with them, uh, to, to release, uh, their single issue comics and trade paperbacks and hardcovers and such, um, for 25 years now. And what happened was uh, a couple things all came to a head. First of which was AT&T bought Warner Media LLC, which owned Warner Brothers, which owned DC Comics. So AT&T now owns uh, Time Warner and uh, DC Comics. That happened about two years ago. Um, then this year, uh, you have all the fucking shit going on. Um, COVID hits. Uh, you have different uh governors handling it different ways and some of them are deciding okay well tell you what we're shutting down distribution uh or 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 non-essential uh mailings in and out of the state 
which means uh, not even necessarily, you know, I take that back. Not even the mailings. It was the the actual um, non-essential businesses, which included things like warehouses for periodicals and magazines and things uh, and comics, which means that Diamond, who had distribution houses all over the country, suddenly had these big blind spots start opening up where they weren't going to be able to fulfill their orders. And they did what was you know, actually a, a reasonably responsible thing in the moment, which was we can't fill all of our orders, so we should be filling any of our orders. Um, so they closed up shop. They said, hey, uh, for the foreseeable future, we will not be distributing new product. Uh, you will still be able to order what is existing stuff inside uh, the the warehouses that you are able to get them from, which is the uh, I think it's in Michigan. Uh, it's the Olive Branch location, uh, which is like the sort of like the the hub for um, for the country overall. Um, so for almost an entire month solid, there were no new physical comic releases. Um, you could, like I said, you could still get, uh, you could still do reorders of in-stock product, but nothing brand new. Um, so when that started happening, going down like a week or two into that, there started being these, this sort of buzz about like, okay, well, how, how is the, the industry going to kind of work to write itself? How are they going to fix this? Uh, and there was talk of a company called Comic Hub, um, who, th- who do like di- digital distribution, um, but also they have their own, uh, point of sale software, um, that is awesome and, and easy to use and, inter- and well integrated and blah, 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 blah. Um, and there was talk of, um, okay, well I'll tell you what, what we're going to do is you buy a digital comic through comic hub. Then when the physical and, and, and your store will get a kick, you know, get a percentage of that. Then when the physical comic comes out. Um, you will get that hard copy as well. And so you're essentially paying now you're, you're paying today. You're, you're paying today for a hamburger you'll have on Tuesday. So <laughs> you're the anti wimpy. Um, um, but, but you'd also get to see the hamburger and smell it. Um, so you, you were essentially the, the plan was, you know, you're going to be basically like putting money into, into this sort of like account, uh, and getting a digital copy, and then when the physical copy releases, uh, you'd be good to go. Because there was a big response uh, from retailers when there was talk of like, well, wait, okay, so physical comics aren't coming out, but if they're finished, the digital ones can still be released. Are you going to release these comics? Uh, asking, you know, Marvel, DC, Image. Image almost immediately was like, no, we're not going to do that. It's not fair to retailers. We're not going to do it. Um, DC was like, yeah, that's not a good idea. Um, we're going to hold off on that for now. And Marvel was like, well, maybe. <laughs> um, so ultimately, for the majority, the majority of them were all like, this is a bad idea. We're going to hold off as long as we can. Uh, within a couple days of that Comic Hub rumor thing, because that, that's what it was. It was a rumor. It was it was, it was strong by a lot of folks in the industry um, and seemed to make a lot of sense for everybody. Um, and then it was like, within a couple days, shot down. Like, <laughs> like, no, there's no fucking way we're going to do that. Um, Diamond wasn't okay with it. 
uh, a lot of the distributors were like, we don't have anything to do with this. We don't, we don't want anything to do with it. We're not, not we're going to operate. Um, so then, uh, it was in, it was then announced a week or two after that, that comp- a company called UCS, um, was going to be distributing, uh, hard copies of new diamond comics for the first time in almost a month. Um, and it was, it was, it was said to be like a temporary kind of like stopgap measure. Um, incidentally, UCS is owned by Midtown Comics, uh, Midtown Comics of, you know, of Manhattan and like multiple locations in New York. And like they're a huge, like three story location, a store and it, it, they're, they're a big damn deal. Um, and so that got a lot of folks being like, mm, I don't know about this retail you know, competitor of mine who's going to be selling comics to us. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, but Diamond wasn't able to ship anything at the time. So so DC was like, well, this is what we're doing for now. And then about a week and a half after that, it came out that not only will Diamond be sticking with with UCS um, and a company called Lunar, which is owned by another company called DCBS, which is a discount comic book service, um, they were going to be sticking with them. They were going to be leaving Diamond entirely, which is a big damn deal. Because um, again, last 25 years, uh, people who are now people who who were born when this started can now uh, are now old enough to rent cars. Um, they have been the sole comic distributor in the United States uh, for the vast majority. Um, there is a loophole in the law that says comic books are periodicals and there are lots of distributors of periodicals. So it's not a monopoly. Um, but literally no one else does it because time has string a hold on the industry. So, um, they make this announcement, um, and people start losing their fucking minds. Uh, a ton of retailers have said in the most cartoony and absurd way possible, I'm not going to carry DC comics anymore because they're going to make this too hard. It's going to cost me too much money. Sure thing. You're not going to sell Batman anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. Yeah. Sure thing. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I believe all the words you're saying right now. Um, so, Oh, 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 I should also mention that um, penguin random house who is DC's book distributor is also now going to be a, a distributor for DC as well. Uh, I know they're going to be doing trades. I think they might also be doing uh, single issues, but I'm not positive about that. Um, but that's also a big damn deal. So there are, you know, as with any, everything, there are pros and cons. Uh, there are seemingly more cons, but I think the pros overall are much more valuable. Cons are um, an unexpected uh, problem with this, and there apparently UCS and Lunar both have have plans for this. Uh, Lunar handles the west half of the United States, UCS handles the east half. Um, so effectively, whatever you know, east or west of the Mississippi, that's how they kind of have divided things up. Uh, but really, if you if you are on the west, you can get your books from UCS. It's just gonna it's gonna be least efficient. They're gonna take longer. Um, international shipping. Uh, International shipping costs have jumped way up uh, because 
UCS and Lunar are both U.S. based. While Diamond is based out of the United States, they had a distribution chain that was set up in Canada as well. So they were able to bypass duty costs and uh, uh, a lot of um, uh, uh, customs costs. So Diamond UK is still the better end of the deal in terms of money, right? at least right now. Um, so there's that. The other thing is, as I mentioned before, Midtown owns UCS. Lunar is owned by DC, uh, DCBS. DCBS is effectively a comic wholesaler. Like you can get your comics for like 35 to 45% off from DCBS. They don't have any physical locations. It is entirely digital. Um, and, as, and essentially the individual customer is sort of acting like their own individual shop. Um, so a lot of people have reacted very neg- negatively to that saying, oh, well, these people who are my competition are going to be the ones selling me my books, uh, which I can see that to an extent. Um, but at the end of the day, unless you have a store open in Midtown, like, like in Manhattan, Midtown is not your competition. Um, unless you do exclusively, uh, uh, mail order stuff, Lunar is not your competition. Um, did people turn more toward, uh, digital distribution, uh, or, 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 or like mail or distribution during the last month and a half? Probably. Uh, are they going to keep going in that direction? Not necessarily. Um, let me see what else. Um, a big hiccup that we ran into at Victory. Also, I, I, I should say, um, I haven't actually worked at Victory proper for the last month. Um, it's just it, it, like like zero bad blood. I was furloughed because of very, essentially the options were like you can stay on and work, or if you'd like, you can take a furlough. And I was like, I would prefer to take furlough because people are stupid, and we keep having people we keep having to tell people to wear a goddamn mask when you're in the store. Um, but I, I was I was there like right at the at the 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 very beginning of UCS stuff. Um, so current DC shipments for shipments that we've gotten um, from UCS, uh, they don't like digitally they don't integrate into our point of sale software. Um, Victory Comics uses uh, Comic Suite, which is the diamond designed point of sale software which is a piece of shit. Um, but, <laughs> but the things that it does well, um, which are very few, um, it does do very well indeed. And things, and there are things like um, when you get a hard copy invoice, you can enter a number and boom, suddenly that invoice has been integrated into your system. Um, so now if you scan a book, it's there, it's good to go. Um, it also helps hugely with pulling subscriptions, uh, with maintaining special orders. Um, it's, it's like for that stuff, it's great. Um, so right now there is no easy way to get your point of sale software to work with your UCS. Uh, and I imagine your lunar deliveries. So that sucks. Um, this has had the unexpected, uh, uh, result of um, increasing manpower costs because you have to have somebody who's going to be manually going through and manually pulling subscriptions and manually entering every individual book into the system that adds up and that that is a bummer um 
the other possible downside to this that I know of, because there's potentially way more, uh, is that the way Diamond operates with regard to discounts is it is um, based on volume that you order. So if you're a shop that only spends, you know, 2K a month on uh, on comics and merchandise through Diamond, your discount might be 40% or 45%. But if you're somebody who spends, you know, and these are numbers that I'm I'm pulling out of my ass. So just trying to give you an idea of how it works. Uh, Put it this way. Nobody is making a greater discount than like 50 to 55 percent. But, if you know, if you order more in greater volume, that discount goes up. Uh, So it behooves people who have like multiple shops to have all to all be operating under like a single parent account. Um, So. If you are now a sore that orders, you know, ordered maybe like Marvel, Marvel, Marvel versus DC, like two to one. Now that that one, that third of your your ordering is gone. So the actual amount of money you're spending with Diamond has dropped off, which means your discount might actually go uh, go down, um, which again, that sucks. Um at the moment, uh, uh, UCS, I, I know UCS is honoring whatever your current discount is with Diamond. That is what you're getting from them. So if you were at a 50 or 55% for, for DC, that is what they were going to give you. Uh, with Diamond, that's what, that's what UCS is going to honor. Um, so yeah, those are all potential issues, right? Um, as far as the pros are concerned, Diamond might be dying. And that's awesome. Diamond Comics, uh, I, I, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic when I say, use the word stranglehold. Yeah. Diamond is the only game in town. They're the, they are a monopoly, no matter how you want to cut it legally. Um, they're the only, only people you can go to to get uh, comic books, flat out. New, new comics. Um, and so, they can do whatever they want. Um, MC, do you play Madden? You play any, uh, like like you play the sports uh, and the sports uh, games. Yeah, I get Madden like every couple years. Would you say that since EA was exclusive, to, like Madden was exclusive to EA, that the quality went up? No, <laughs> if it does, very minimally, if I'm being generous. But no, and and like you know, th- there's there's a very simple reason why they don't have to. If you want to play a football game with an actual roster of new and current players, you have to come to Madden. It's the only way to do it. Diamond has operated very similarly. Like, like th- this is like your, 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 your baseline capitalism 101 lesson for the day. If there is a monopoly on it, the reason monopolies and antitrust laws exist is because it is bad for the consumer. If there is only one place you can go to get a product, um, and, you know, they have behaved as such. So in that regard by itself, the idea that somebody might be taking a shot at Diamond is awesome. Right now, it's not really uh, they're, they're not really breaking up the monopoly in the way that they should. Meaning it's more it's kind of tantamount more to like the way Comcast and Cox and Verizon will all they, like they're not really competitors they will all just like divide up territories. 
Um, so none of them is really stepping on the other's toes. Um, so that that's not great. But this could be like the first shot, like the, like like the first round fire in a war, which would be fucking wild. Um, the software they use, the actual ordering software that you can you, know, you use online, it's super simple. It is entirely uh, uh, um, browser based, so you can do it from anywhere. Because at the moment, I like you, in order to to really be able to to place orders um, efficiently, you have to, or, or, or most most effectively rather, uh, from Diamond, you kind of have to be at your shop, or you have to have your home. Uh, whatever computer you're going to be using, have access to all of your sales data, um, which blows. Um, it means you're stuck at the store whenever you're doing the order. Um, and honestly, the, the 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 last major pro that I that I can really think of at the moment is uh, damages are way down. Um, what I mean by that is when you know we've all ordered things online. You get a box, you open it up, and maybe something like you know, ordered a book, and the and the cover's folded, or um, you know, th- this this piece of glass where you ordered is broken inside the box. That sucks, and you have to go through the whole process of getting it returned. Well, for retail stores, um, when you order merchandise and it's broken, the distributor ideally is responsible for that and has to honor that in some fashion. Diamond, it's not fair to say Diamond doesn't care. Diamond does care, but Diamond doesn't care in so much as they avoid making damages as it is they will eventually pay for them. The current process involves marking it as damaged with Diamond and then waiting. You could be waiting a week. You could be waiting several months before you get either what is called a destroy order or a return order. A return order requires that you typically strip books uh, and send that back to them um, where they they cover shipping. And a destroy order is just, all right, we're going to go ahead and honor this uh, on our end, and you can uh, go ahead and, and, and destroy all these books. Throw them out. Um, so let, me, let me just ask real quick, just to interrupt here. So it really sounds like one of the downsides, and we don't really know for sure, is that like because Diamond had been doing this so long that people are just so used to the process, and there's things like these destroy orders where you actually essentially like the the, the store makes money back if if you're instead you, of just sitting on product basically instead of sitting on stuff that's not selling they're like yeah get rid of these if you still have these sort of things. So so the 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 expectation is um so that, this is the other thing I was getting to with the destroy stuff uh, well with, with with until you've heard from Diamond either way. It just has to sit in the store. You can't sell it. It just has to be there. If you, let's say I, we got damaged product in and I marked it as, as damaged and then I got rid of it. Well, if the order comes back from Diamond to return it, suddenly I'm fucked. I shouldn't have thrown that away. I should have just held on to it. I should have used up real estate in my shop to have products sit that I can't use. Um... So yeah, it's it, and, and and with return. So yeah, that that's what that's the return end of it. With the destroy end of it, it's, it's you know okay now you can get rid of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. 
Very good. That that was that was my main question. It sounds it sounds very similar to like retail in that aspect. I mean, it is literally is retail, but like from your from your standpoint, like yay or nay, I don't really know because I haven't been in a store in a while. Is this a going to be a good thing or is this going to be a bad thing? I think that it has potential to be really good. Okay. Um, I think that that Diamond has been left to their own devices for too long. Um, oh, the reason I brought up damages, um, it is not uncommon. Like the, 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 in the last week and a half, diamond has damaged out 50% of the orders they sent to victory comics. What? Yeah. I, I remember, uh, uh an order I got from them once it was a, a trade order. 30% of the books were damaged, like unsellable as they were. That is not uncommon. Guess the number of damages we've gotten from UPS, UCS. Zero. Zero. Not only that. It's one thing if it's like, okay, well, you know, these two copies of this trade where there's like 10,000 copies sitting at Diamond, you know, those got damaged, we'll send you two new ones. If it's like, a one in 10, a one in 25, a one in 50 or a hundred or 500 variant cover. And that gets damaged. Unless that damage was done in record numbers across diamonds distribution chain. They'll just credit you for the book. And by wow. that, I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, here's your five bucks back. So this variant, which don't, I'll, the variants are a whole other problem. Um, but this thing that is designed specifically to encourage speculators, that is designed specifically to encourage, uh, to, to, to help stores get more money overall. Yeah, we just took that away from you because we don't give a shit. Damn. It is not and... uncommon at all to have comics like folded in half, like full on creased yeah. inside a box. Jesus. I do want to mention this, too. This is an interesting um, add-on, and then we'll move on to our next uh, couple of uh, topics we have. Um, I just read this from our friends over at Phantom Comics. Uh, Free Comic Book Day is going to be July through September. It's going to be Free Comic Book Summer, and it's Diamond. Diamond to hold Free Comic Book Day July through September. So they're on to something. They're doing something like I it's, it's interesting that this comes out right after we find out about the DC thing. So, Oh yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's not a shock in the slightest. Yeah. Um, no, it's not shocking, but it's like I said, you know, like, yeah, that makes a lot of damn sense. Doesn't it? Well, and it's also like the, that sounds good in theory. The thing about free comic book day for, for victory at least. And from honestly, for most shops that I know of is that is a huge moneymaker because you have crazy sales that day. You can't do that over the period of a month or two. It's just not tenable. Yes. So the idea that free comic book day is going to happen and, Oh no, we just expanded it to a, like a, a full month. It sounds good on paper, but the, the reality of things is it, it just doesn't work in nearly the same way that it would have otherwise. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's definitely something that we're going to have to kind of keep our eyes on, too, especially like for anybody that does spend time in the shops like it, it's or works behind the counter. So, I mean, like this is definitely gonna be something that we want to kind of follow up on here for sure. Um, so to be continued as far as the uh, results on this one. So MC, 
as our resident CW expert, because you just seem to have like your ear to the to the ground here to hear everything that's going on <laughs> with the CW universe. Like apparently, like shit's just falling apart. I mean, like Ralph Dibney, aka Hartley Sawyer, is out there like just making rape jokes and shit. Like, what the fuck is going on over at the CW? Uh, nothing good in quarantine so <laughs> yeah. far. Uh, I mean, for one, the, 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 the obvious thing here, they've had to delay production for all of their shows until January of next year, which I'm sure is not the thing that they want to do because they're going to lose out on a lot of stuff, but pandemic can't really be afforded. Uh, you can't really help it. So you have that first thing that sucks. You have uh, Ruby Rose leaving, uh, leaving the show right like right after the first season, which is really unheard of. Yeah. And it came as a complete surprise, I think, to everybody. And the reaction to it has been mixed, but it, it's mixed. It, it's mixed because people who already hated the show are celebrating her leaving, combined with people like myself who watched the show. And they're just kind of in the middle about it. Like it's it's still a major deal because like you know there are contracts and everything, and you have yeah. plot lines and everything, and you know you lose a lead, and you it's not even like Arrow where they got to plan for the show ending so they could plant and all these things. Batwoman just it ended on a particular note because of the pandemic, and with them deciding to take on the task of creating a new character i mean it's it's going to affect that show um next season and and also affect whoever the next uh, person ends up being so you have so so those were like the two the first two major things and then hey so, real real quick before you go on to the next one i want to ask you about ruby rose real quick sure i heard i i didn't confirm it and i didn't i didn't really get more detail but i heard a lot of people that were talking about that this part of the reason why she left was she had gotten injured on a couple occasions. Does this, does this ring a bell to you or like that maybe like she, she ended up leaving the show because it took a physical toll on her. Uh, well, I mean, that's, that's been out there, but most of the stuff that the stuff that's come out since, uh, she left when, when people got, uh, more information, like they were actually able to talk to people at, on, uh, the people who run Batwoman as well as CW's, uh, CW staff, um, you can pretty much sum it up like she she was just unhappy with the workload. She, yeah. I mean, to this point, her career has primarily been, you know, movie roles or minor roles in, in TV. But um, one of the YouTubers I follow who covers the Arrowverse uh, is from Australia, like Ruby Rose is, and basically, like, said that she's not even like a she's not even really a trained actor. She was a VJ uh, who did mod, who who was also famous for modeling who then decided to do acting because it was just the thing that they felt like doing. So yeah. uh, she, just the, the workload, I mean for one she she's away from friends and family cuz she lives in LA I believe, away from friends and family for basically 9 months out of the year and you know, you're basically at this over that nine month grind. So I, I think for I think uh, uh, well, I don't think what's been said is that just uh, the workload, the workload she was unprepared for. So it took a toll on her. So because of that, 
like be like she wasn't always the best to be around on set. And so just and so like the decision or in the aftermath of her leaving, like it's basically been said that like it, it sucks because, you know, they had all this stuff going, but it's also a good thing because maybe they can get someone who is more accustomed to the daily grind, the monthly grind of being being a lead character on uh, the, these type of TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as you will hear on many infomercials, so you would think that that right there, just that stuff in, in itself would be enough to be like, man, what is going on with the CW Arrowverse in general? <laughs> um, but wait, there's more. Um, what else is like, there's more shit going on. Yeah. So this, I mean, this is the, the big thing, which is, uh, it basically was uncovered that, uh, Hartley Sawyer, who has plays Ralph Dibney on the flash, uh, one of, one of the lead characters, uh, he's been there for, for three years. So pretty much everyone who's watched the show is familiar with him, familiar with his character and it's pretty much grown to love him. Uh, Basically, some people were able to uncover some old tweets from Hartley from between like 2010 and 2014, and uh, it's about as awful as you can imagine. It and is not even. There's no wiggle room here. It's not like yeah. It's not like bitches. Am I right? Where you're just like, all right, Ralph. That's just like, all right, whatever. You know, that fits with your character. But no, I mean like. The, there was yeah, I mean, one, if I remember correctly, like I to paraphrase, basically, he was just like, oh, I'd rather date rape than go home and have to masturbate. And you're like, yeah. you're like, yep. the fuck? Like, it's not even like the James Gunn stuff where James Gunn was like trying to be edgy and trying to be like, you saw what he was doing. Like, yeah, it was funny in a really dark sense, like, but like it was inappropriate. And like he admitted to that. But no, Ralph was like, I'm going to do that with none of the nuance and none of the humor, like no humor whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm just going to throw this shit out there. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, they're they're in they're indefensible. Like you I mean, just, what you mentioned is terrible and it's not even the worst thing that's on there. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see the just, other ones. There's just oh, my there's, God. There, there's worse tweets out there. Are you yeah, they're 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 way worse. And. The, the thing that the other thing with it too, because a lot of the reaction to it, I mean, he had to be fired. I, I, I think it's it's pretty obvious whether you are sad to see his character go and not like with everything that the CW stands for, as far as diversity among gender, among race, among sexual orientation and so on, there's no way they could have kept him on and, and, and been okay with it. They would be, Hip, they would be hypocrites in every sense of the word, considering what they claim to stand for and who is working for them as the as a lead on the t on the TV show. So like we agree, like he had to be fired. But it's crazy because so many people, especially in the Flash fandom, are like they've they've launched various petitions to try to get Hartley his job back. Uh, you know what? I, I hate to break it to you, man, but nobody really gives a shit that much about the elongated man. Fuck off, dude. Like <laughs> Rambo, it, any love, any love for the elongated man where we really have to stick up for him and be like, yeah, give the guy a second chance. You mean like the character overall or his, his portrayal of the character? Hartley Sawyer as Ralph Dibney. 
certainly not enough to to try and 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 <laughs> make yeah. any kind of sense of his fucking mid 90s shock jock bullshit uh <laughs> like dude you so I, I i did the math on like how old he is now versus when he wrote those things this is not a matter of we we, we talked about it before uh y'all made mention of was, was there it was a a baseball player yeah, right yeah, a couple of base, trey turner yeah yeah trey turner um josh Hader for milwaukee like they were in they were in their teens so yeah the teenagers teenagers are morons um yeah if we have any teenage listeners sorry. i'm sorry but it's the fucking truth uh <laughs> and in just this in in the same way that live comfortably knowing that i'm an old old man and will die soon um and 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 that you will live forever um but uh this is not a matter of hartley sawyer was a teenage boy and said some stupid things to be like hey, 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 i'm edgy um he was 27 when that shit got written Right, uh, like at the earliest. Oh, so I, f- I found his tweets. He's a full-grown man who knew what the fuck he was doing. Do I think they're jokes? I do think they're jokes. I don't think he was serious. Is that okay? No, dumb shit. You still said some really stupid things. Um, and you ha- and like 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 what Mike said uh, with regard to 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 James Gunn. Gunn has since changed his entire personality and persona. Uh, uh, online, like that dude is doing good. Hartley Sawyer, when this stuff came out, wasn't like, "Holy shit, I was really stupid." That was really dumb of me. Um, honestly, I haven't seen a, a response from him at all. Um, oh, he issued an apology. He did. Okay. Yeah, he, uh, you can find it. Sh- I don't know if his Instagram still exists because I know he deleted his Twitter. Here. Let me let me let me read one. Let me read one. These are great. Uh, jingle bells, Batman smells, women shouldn't vote. Again, like, yeah. Ha 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 ha. ha. You get it? Because women's suffrage is bad. That's the joke. Yeah. I like women who are good in the sack, the burlap sack where I put my victims. I'd like some more attention from women. So I think I'll get married. Like the, the reason why I'm reading these is because if anybody is like, oh, well, we all say stupid shit. We do. You're right. You're absolutely right. But to say stupid shit repeatedly over and over again, things like out at dinner and just expose myself as a racist again, in all caps, uh, the only thing stopping me from doing mildly racist tweets is the knowledge that Al Sharpton would never stop complaining about me. If I was if I had a wife, I would beat the hell out of her tonight. Like these aren't these aren't even like edgy and funny. Like these are just bad. Like they're, here, yeah, they're, they're really bad. Yeah. On the su- like, like, like on the eve of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl exclamation point. America exclamation point. Eighty percent of the prison population is African American exclamation point. So all right, I will say of that one. I think that one is actually one of the indicators that he was trying to make jokes the entire time because that reads to me as, hey, prisons are bad and racist. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm happy to see him go. Yeah. But the idea that I put it this way, I don't think anything he wrote is meant to be taken seriously. It's still fucking stupid. And yeah, they're sayonara. gross. Like, yeah, they're, fucking take care. They're, bla- they're blatantly gross and offensive. Like, yeah. there, there is no defense for it. He, he's a fully grown adult 
And if he, if he were, if he were smart, if he were a changed man, I mean, if his, if the people who do PR for him and handle all this, if they were smart and he was a changed man, those tweets would have been long scrubbed from his Twitter account Mm -hmm. before he deleted it. They were still searchable on his page, even after they were, after it was public. Up up until what, like a couple weeks ago, like, like last week, recently, whenever, whenever, whenever it came down that he was fired is, uh, is basically when he deleted his Twitter. Hey guys, if you're gonna get famous, I'm gonna teach you something that I found out recently. Go to go to go to Twitter real quick, right? And then you, what you want to do is you want to search um, inappropriate words, like for instance, do in quotation marks I hate, and then you want to put your your um, your uh, Twitter handle. So like at mine is my name, you know. Let me go ahead and drop that in there. I want to read to you the objectionable things that I've said because these are the things that I hate. Just so you guys know, I hate that the Nationals lost. But friggin' OV stayed for the whole game. I hate irresponsible reporting. The title of this article makes it seem like this guy is a sexist jerk, but he's not. I hate feeling like I did something wrong when I don't hear back from someone. I hate anxiety. Ugh. I hate when you have something you're looking forward to and the plans fall through. That's the extent of the of the vitriol and vile like shit that comes out of my mouth on Twitter. <laughs> like, and that's just the word hate. Like if I look up fuck for instance, like that's the, the that's what frustrates me about this is the technology's there for you to do your own self-searching to make sure that you didn't say anything horrible in the past or maybe you had a drunken rant. But like instead people are just like, "Oh, the technology to say whatever dumb shit is out there. I'm just going to say whatever I want and then once it's out there, it's gone forever." Like how fucking stupid are you in 2020? Like this like how like theoretically, does anybody know how much he was making to play um, Ralph Dibney. Uh, I can find oh, it. Give me a second. How much was Hartley Sawyer getting paid? I mean, is that like public information? Do we know? Couldn't say. Yeah. Like e- either way. I mean, it- it's got to be a good a good chunk of change, right? To basically throw away a we'll we'll assume that it's a six figure income right like it's safe yeah. to assume that they're getting at least six figures right oh definitely yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah for sure yeah to throw away a six-figure income because of racist sexist inappropriate tweets but then not only that too hey all all three of us we've all been to a comic-con before haven't we yeah do you know how much those guys make for the signing appearances and the photo ops and like showing up at those cons all of that just thrown away. Like his career is done. Who's ever going to want to see him and talk to him and shake his hand and get a picture or, or, or an autograph. Like nobody's going to want to be seen with this dude. Like his career is toast. Like he might be able to play like a corpse on like an episode of law and order, but like, that's about it. And even then, like somebody's going to see that corpse and be like, Oh, it's that fucking racist douchebag that used to be on the flash. Like, Sorry, I just went off on a rant. Like that just like I cannot <laughs> I cannot stand this. Like I changed my Twitter handle by the way cuz MC does it and I'm jealous and I wish I could come up with cool names like he does. <laughs> um but right now it's it's Mike Double Bird Lunsford. Um because I knew I was going to have one of these rants, man. I am so fucking sick of people emulating shock jocks. I am so sick of it. It happened in the 90s. Howard Stern got famous locally. We had like Don and Mike here in the D.C. area. But everybody in every city had some form of this. 
I'm going to say the shocking thing that you you think is inappropriate. I'm going to say this inappropriate thing. I'm going to be mean to the people who call in. And that became popular. And because of that, an entire generation of kids, people our age, decided that that was how you get popular. That's how you get to be rich and famous. And then technology took hold. We got YouTube. We had Twitter. And what are the first things that people do when they got YouTube and Twitter? All of a sudden, any single famous person, people are tweeting horribly rude shit to them. George Clooney, you're a piece of shit. Like, that's what you had... Once you had the ability to directly communicate with George Clooney, that's the big thing you were waiting to say. Like, really? Same thing with YouTube. YouTube has a really, really, really big problem with anti-Semitism, white nationalism, neo-Nazis, because they didn't censor any of that stuff. And it cultivated and it grew and it festered. And people go and they watch these videos that are uncensored, unfiltered, not fact-checked, none of that. And it, and it continues to spread and it gets worse and worse and worse. You want to know why Trump followers and all of this alt-right bullshit keeps getting worse and worse and worse Like from our perspective? It's because of shit like this. Because everybody was taught that this is okay. MC, you shared that video of that guy, uh, that YouTuber uh, who's a gamer uh, who streams on Twitch and stuff like that, Keemstar. Same, same thing. Like total piece of shit, ruins people's lives, but he makes millions of dollars. And, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you can't blame these people for doing this shit. But at the same time, like, I, I, I guess time's time's finally up, you know? Like, we're finally, like, as a as a culture, and goddamn, thank thank God, it, it's, it's about time that there's, like, a crackback on this. Where we're, like, no, this shit needs to stop. And we need to stop supporting people who are total scumbags. And, like, yeah, that, that I've said my I've said my piece on this one, so. Can I can I wrap it up? Of course, please. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. No, 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 no. You're fine. Yeah. As, uh, I, I just wanted to uh, add something to add on, like on top of everything you said, which which I uh, 100% agree with. Because um, there's a there's a growing sentiment, especially from the the Flash fandom, that this makes uh, that firing Hartley uh, basically makes them hypocrites. Because one of the running themes on The Flash, no pun intended there, one of the running themes is uh, redemption. That various characters come in and they're terrible, they do terrible things and so on and so forth. But they're ultimately able to go on a journey of redemption, which gets them to a much better place. I mean, we've seen it with Killer Frost. We saw it with Ralph Dibney. Uh, we've seen it with various characters on The Flash and pretty much with all the other CW shows. And I just want to make, make sure it's known that, I mean, one, every person and everything is not redeemable. Like that's as much as we would like, as much as we would like to redeem everything and fix everything. It's just it's not a realistic thing. And ultimately, and also the CW and The Flash and uh, the people who run the Flash, Eric Wallace and all of them, like they don't owe hardly anything as far as uh, him attempting to redeem himself and become a better person from whoever he was that, that that was attempting to make that humor. He's not entitled to a job. He's not entitled to work. He's not entitled to anything just because uh, he wants to undergo a redemption arc. That's personal. He has to do that on his own. And only after enough time has passed, after 
uh, people who have, who were affected by his words are able to see and judge for themselves? Will, will we will we truly be able to say, oh yeah, and so you know we can bring him back. We can we can we can uh, I, we can allow him to work in this environment again. I mean I don't I don't really see how Hartley ever works in Hollywood again. Uh, after all of this, like he like I, I just don't see it. But the CW nor do the Flash showrunners or anyone owe Hartley anything for for this to imply that. They're hypocrites. It, it's completely nonsensical. Hardly yeah. has to has to do the work on himself. Rambo, your two cents on this? Everything MC said, yeah. Like honestly, it's it's fucking stupid. Uh, it's absolute nonsense. Uh, the smartest possible thing for them to do is to cut ties with his ass. Um, hey, maybe down the down the road in the future when he's when he's actually showed he's not a piece of shit. Um, and, and and this is not just a convenient apology, um, like you know, like you said, maybe come back. But for now, <laughs> you need to bounce. Um, and yeah, we would we we're all uh, better off without uh, uh, anybody who's gonna be spouting that kind of dumb shit. Uh, serious joke or not? Yeah, exactly. it's it just it reminds me of all of those people growing up. It's such it's such a young dickhead mentality of I'm going to say the most shocking thing that I possibly can to offend you. And somehow that equates to funny. And honestly, it's mostly white dudes. That's what sucks is like, think of, think of every person that you know, who says shit just to get under people's skin. And most of the time it's like a a young douchey white guy. And that Mm -hmm. man, does that man, does that piss me off? Like, yeah. I mean, in a perfect example, Quick tie-in. I'm, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but like, Chris, Chris D'Elia, same goddamn thing. Like, look at this dude. Look at a picture of him. He looks like a douche. He looks like a guy who you would like be at a party with, and he would start telling you about like, oh, did you know that the age of consent in Virginia is actually only 17 years old? So like, you can hit on a 17 year old girl. And there's nothing to do about it. And you're just like, yeah, you can, but should you? Fuck, man. You're in your 30s. Like it. And the worst part about it is that joke that I just made. That that's him. That's what he does. That's what he did. And he's trying to say, oh, no, it never happened. There are literal screenshots of him having conversation with 16-year-old girls asking, hey, can you come to my uh, hotel room? Can we make out? Things like that. And it like girls that he's double the age of. And like when you get into the legalities of it, yeah, OK, in some states it might be legal. But like that's the life that you want to live. That's how you want to roll. Especially with all the stuff that's been going on in Hollywood, uh, with all the stuff that just fucking happened with Jeffrey Epstein, like this is the person that you want to be. I just I, I don't I don't understand it. I, I don't get it. Like, why? Why is that of all the things that you could do with your power and money? That's what you want to do. Are, are you trying to relive like an awful high school experience that you had? I just I, I, I don't understand it at all. And like. I don't. The other thing too, he's another one of those people. He's funny because he says rude shit. And like again, c- could he redeem himself? Could Hartley Sawyer redeem themselves? Yeah, and I'm 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 for it if you're gonna put the work in. But like immediately, like oh I'm sorry. Oh yeah, all's forgiven. No, it doesn't work like that. And like we found out that Danny Masterson of um that '70s show fame um was charged with uh, was charged with raping three women, three separate women. 
And this has taken almost 20 years for these cases to get prosecuted like to the point where they're actually going to court because the Church of Scientology, he's a member, the Church of Scientology was blocking any possible um, court cases for this. And it's just like, you hear all these stories where people are like, oh, Hollywood is seedy and there's this this really dark underbelly. And then you see stuff like this and it just, it it's very, very frustrating and disgusting to think that it just goes on like this and people just kind of turn their you know turn the other cheek they just do nothing about it katie was uh was reading the article about masterson uh last night out loud and there was a line in there something about um how him and his wife are both very very surprised that this is being pursued and it was phrased in such a way that it wasn't they're surprised that there's been an accusation made, but they're surprised that the statute of limitations hasn't worn off, uh, and that this can still go to go to court. And I was like, well, Jesus. yeah, that's that's <laughs> what's going on. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not guilty. I didn't do anything. No, that's not the concern. It wasn't, we deny these allegations and, you know, Danny is an upstanding member of society and, and, nope. and, and the Hollywood community and blah, blah, blah. It was, oh, they can, uh, they can still prosecute that, huh? Huh? <laughs> well, okay then. <laughs> well, time to get my affairs in order. Like it's, Yeah, it, it it just sucks. And it's like, you hear these rumors about these people too. And part of me hopes that it's not true, you know? But I also feel like it's one of those things, it's like where there's smoke, there's fire. Like there's certain people that like, I feel there's certain people that, that you'll never hear anything like this about them because because they don't do it. Yeah. I mean, like I, I the one that would blow me away the most would be Tom Hanks. If they were like, uh, yeah. Tom Hanks was real, you know, you know, real grabby on the set of the Mr. Rogers movie. Like, what the fuck? Like, him or like sports star, like Cal Ripken. If they were like, yeah, Cal Ripken with all his kids charities. Yeah, he's a kid toucher. That would be like shocking. I would be blown away. But like right. for most of these people, like the Kevin Spacey thing, that wasn't shocking to me because I had heard those rumors before, like many, mm -hmm. many, 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 many times. Like the whole... um the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, same thing. And like so much so that the concept of right now, I can say two words and every single one of you will know the reference I'm making casting couch. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's so ingrained in our culture that like, we just like, don't even think anything of it. And like, how fucked up is that? Oh, you want this role? You're going to have to do this. Like, and then like the, we, we talked about Dave Chappelle. Yes, his most recent thing that he did uh, about George Floyd, about all the protests, all of that stuff. Fantastic. But he has some problematic shit in his past, some really problematic shit in his past, like recent skits that he's done within the last like two or three years that have just been like totally tone deaf and very inappropriate. And at one point he made a joke about like uh, the girls that Louis C.K. had. I don't even know what the right term for what Louis C.K. did to them is. But he made a joke about it. He was like, oh, if a guy beaten off in front of you was enough to 
um, make you quit, then you weren't a very strong-willed person in the first place. <laughs> Jesus Christ. My goodness. Yeah, you know? Hey, he's the funniest comedian of all time, isn't he? Man, whew, listen to that. Isn't that some, some cutting-edge shit right there? Like, it, it's it's hard to... Yeah, even him, you know, for a long time, I thought he was going to be one of those guys that like because he was always funny and he said like some edgy shit. But at the same time, like when he, when he really got into stuff, he was very, I mean, very well read, very like intelligent, like was able to express himself very, very well. But then he takes stances like that. He also takes stances like his stance against trans people. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard or read any of that stuff, but that is like it's not even close to like supportive at all he's like very anti-trans and it's like it's disturbing like how anti-trans he is and he's a, and he's also anti-sexual assault survivors he is because even uh, one of those specials he specifically says uh he specifically says and i quote i'm what they call a victim blamer end quote what the fuck is the next sentence what the fuck could he possibly be saying after that to make sense of that, I don't. I don't even. I don't even remember because oh, I, I. I only God. like. I. I had seen what people were saying about it. So, what, the only things I saw of that special were isolated clips of some of the terrible things he said. Yeah. <sighs> it sucks too, man. And like, but that's that's the thing I want to make clear that I really want to make clear is at one point he was my favorite comedian at one point. I wouldn't claim that anymore. And the reason why is because he now says things one won't apologize for them Two, does this fucking bullshit. Oh, feel bad for me because they're trying to censor me nonsense, which again is a playbook ripped directly out of the shock jock manual of Oh, look, we said something so shocking that we're going to get suspended for two days. Hey, by the way, whenever you heard that Howard Stern was getting suspended or Don and Mike were getting suspended, they weren't actually getting suspended. They were going on vacation. That was all a PR move to make it seem like they were more like edgy. Didn't know that, did you? Yeah, it's some fucking bullshit is what it is. But that's the same thing that Chappelle's doing. That's the same thing that Louis C.K. is doing right now. They're putting in their specials, in their YouTube videos. Oh, these are the things that I'm not supposed to say, but I'm going to say them anyways. Like, they're trying to censor me. No one's fucking trying to censor you, dude. Right. I'm like, you got $20 million for your special. Yeah, it's. Who is stopping you from saying whatever it is you want to say? Yeah, exactly. Oh, they're trying to censor me. They're trying they're to censor me. They're silencing him. That's why yeah. he got a Netflix special. Yeah, exactly. He's really. <laughs> I mean two. I, I yeah. mean three. Jesus fucking. Yeah, and you know the worst part about the Louis C.K. thing, like, is is this dude is still making ridiculous amounts of money. He lost his deal with FX that he had, but like, he is making a shitload of money playing sold out specials, and like, yep. it's like he it it. And he's going even farther, saying more inappropriate shit. And it's almost he's like unapologetic about it. Yeah, it, it should like this should be one of the various examples of why people need to stop talking about cancel culture because it doesn't exist because be, because these these people say whatever it is. They do some fake apology tour. They disappear for a bit and then they pop back up. And just get to continue having their careers. And like 
they they come back and do exactly what Louis C.K. is doing, which is you come around, you kind of, you know, you, you kind of randomly show up at like an open mic spot here or there and you get on the mic for like five minutes or something. You slowly kind of prod your way back into it. And the, the, the sad part is people are into it. They're regardless of what he did. They're like they're they're still willing to go and support him. So that's why like people, the comedians especially like to rant about cancel culture and all this and all of that. You get like the odds are you're probably going to still get to have your career no matter what you say. Yeah, I mean like the only one I can think of right now is is Kevin Spacey. Man, like that that dude I ain't seen shit from him. Yeah, I mean other than those awkward uh, Frank Underwood videos he, he put on Twitter uh, around the holidays last year. Yeah, well. That was that was pretty weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to think of anybody else that's really been, like, completely, like, wiped off the face of the planet, more or less. Because uh, of I don't know. Uh, well, Chrisette Michelle, for, uh, she was an R&B singer, soul singer, had a really promising, had a really great career, and then she decided she wanted to go sing at Trump's inauguration. And yeah, her her hundred dollar tickets are now like twenty. Yeah, like she is the the black community is a, they have effectively gotten her out the paint. Like she's released music that no one is no one has really been checking for. She's going on tours that no one is really buying tickets for. I mean, her career's pretty much been done since 2016 for that. Yeah. I mean, and again, though, actually, you know, um, I'm not even sure what he's doing right now. He's been kind of laying low. Um, but Tim Allen was very pro Trump for a while there. And I'm wondering if I mean, it, he's kind of got a weird deal, though, where like because he voices Buzz Lightyear, he, he, he's still going to be making an ass load of money for a long time. But like, he's, just, I think that's also a part of why he is as quiet as he is for the most part. Because Disney told I, him to shut up. <laughs> I gotta think that Disney yeah. has been smart about smarter about this than a lot of other people have. Yeah. Where they're like, "Look, <laughs> you are limited in what you can communicate on social media." Yeah. Yeah. It's. I'm. I'm trying to see. Like, I know he's got. He's. I know he had a TV show. Um. Oh, that that really right wing one. Last Last Man oh, Standing. Oh. Yeah. It says it's still on the air, apparently. But you know. It got canceled, and then um, somebody else picked it up. I think it was, I think it was on ABC, and then it got moved to. All right. On that note, guys, um, it's another episode of the Geek Sheets. We appreciate you tuning in, listening to all the geeky nitty news that's going on in the world. Uh, stay tuned for more wonderful and fantastic episodes. In fact, um, if you're listening to this one, hey, make sure you go back and check out all the ones that we did that were food related because those were a fucking hoot man we talked about sandwiches we talked about potato products and then like got into the metaphysical too like what is a sandwich like it was it was good times in fact um the cube rule i think i'm pulling that up right now i think that's what it was called um yeah uh the cube rule which explains depending on the number of sides uh, of starch surrounding an item depend uh, dictates what it actually is so like an enchilada is sushi is basically what you were saying so 
Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. So next time you want to order enchilada, you call it a sushi because that's what it is. You remember that because James Rambo said so. All right, guys, for all of us here at GGR, um, thank you so much for your time. Make sure you're staying safe out there. Make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you're socially distancing. You're washing your hands. But above all else, don't be a juice bag. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, GreatGeekRefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!